Hey guys, it's Naylor. I have a big favor to ask of you. I know you just clicked play on this podcast, but before you get settled in, can you do me a big favor and go into the app that you're listening to this episode on and click follow or subscribe? And while you're there, click download so you don't get any interruptions due to spotty service. This way you can fully enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Here we go. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR, Naylor Taliaferro. I'm here with Kevin. How do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Kaneen. Kaneen. Yeah, it's a very Irish last name. Do not ask me how they came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. Kevin Kaneen. And he's he's another local uh, friend of mine, peer, and you know, in, lo- in some cases, a mentor. Because, man, Kevin has gone the whole gamut here. You know, we've been talking a whole bunch off air. I'm like, I got to hit record. I got to, you know, Paul's in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the background of my head, like, hit record already. Stop talking. Just hit record. Get all this on, on the, you know, and I, I get it. I get it. But I, I like to kind of, you know, warm everyone up and kind of talk a little bit, you know, before we, before we get going. But yeah, you were just like, you get me all pumped up with everything you're talking about. And you've come a, a long way in a short amount of time. So, I mean, you, you know, you, you just went from working for a, a, a large national company, uh, you know, lawn care landscaping company. So corporate lawn care, quote unquote, Correct. Um, you know, you, you had worked for me part-time for a few months. Yes. yes. Uh, you're, you're also have your own solo routes. You've got your own clients, you know, what, like what, 60, 70 clients, something like that. Yeah. I think I peaked a few years ago at almost 80 properties, wow. 80 residential But that properties. was when you were only doing that. Yes. When I was only but doing. while you were working for this big corporate company, right. you had what, 60, um, 50? Between 50 and 60. 50 and 60. Usually. Yeah. And I've, <laughs> I finished oh, this year out with about 50. I had a couple of them move away, a couple just lost through natural attrition. But I'm ending this year with 50. I'm trying to figure out if all of them are going to stay for next year. But because of some good changes that have happened in my life, I'm going to probably try expanding onto it a little bit more. I'm looking right. into, I guess, making my business, again, much more official, like kind of the way I was going originally, right. but working on growing that and developing it even more for the future. And so, and so before all that, so we'll say, like you said, five minutes in the ma- or five minutes, five years in the making way before that, the first time I met you, <laughs> it was yes. my early YouTube days, <laughs> my early solo lawn care days with my original F-150 five by 10 open yes, trailer yes. set up. And I was just in a neighborhood, you know, and I was taking care of a couple of my side by side yards, my little beginnings of my route density. And uh, here I am like trimming along a fence and here's Kevin just you know, appears <laughs> on the other side of the fence and, and my other Fortunately, it was one of my other clients' yard, not some <laughs> random person's yard. So at least I could be like, because I saw them looking out the window eventually, like probably because like, I had turned my turned my trimmer off. So they, they, I saw them look out the window, probably like, what the heck happened? Like you just stopped the trimmer. Is he all right? You know, and they see us talking. So right. uh, fortunately, it was my client. But regardless, you know, <laughs> there you are just like, hey, are you not on YouTube by any chance? Are you? I'm like, yeah, that was the first time that anyone was. had ever, the first time we had met, but it was also the first time anyone had ever well, identified me from YouTube. I was like, wow, I didn't know anyone was really paying attention well i think what happened was was i was looking on uh i think i was looking on reviews for the toro t-bars oh toro T-bar that's a, cl- I'm a classic for that right there exactly yeah <laughs> it's like and, there's a picture of my face right there <laughs> to google that stuff. and then i saw your youtube channel and one of the videos said pocahontas state park on it and oh, at the yeah. time when i was watching the videos i took my dog there every day to walk so i said this guy must be 
local. Yeah. And it's funny because the year before, once I saw your rig and what you were doing, I remember where you were operating. I remember your truck and trailer. And I remember the flyers you put out too, because I saw, hold on a second. I've seen this guy before and I was able to put it all together. So one day when I was mowing a property I used to have in your neighborhood Mm -hmm. that you were mowing in at the time, when I was leaving, I saw that rig there. So I pulled up and said, hold on, I got to say hi to this guy. (laughs) I got to see who he is and ask him. And I said, are you on YouTube? And you're like, damn, people have been hitting me up about that. (laughs) So it was just a very, uh, and then of course, a few years later, I think we maybe met once or twice before. You saw me one time at your dealer Yeah, because I've bought, you and I both know um, Bruce. Bruce, yes. Who works at Kanabi. And Bruce was one of the first people to help me out in this industry. Same same thing with me. He helped me out. I Um, showed up there and was like, what is the difference between these Toro mowers that are double, (laughs) twice as much as the Toro mowers at Home Depot? Like, I just don't understand. He was like, you got, you got a minute? And he's like, come on, let's let me show you. And he just yes. schooled me real quick on the heavy duty versus residential. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I see now. You just don't know what you don't know. But he kind yeah. of took me under, which is, is fortunate because normally they're so busy there. The fact that he even had time to spend oh, like yeah. 20, 30 minutes with me outside back when they were putting all their stuff out there um, and to show it, you know, which brought me in because I would drive by it all the time and see all these awesome zero turns sitting out there in the, in the field that they, that they're on. And, but yeah, he spent the time with me and yes. I, I, I'm grateful, been grateful ever since. And I mean, obviously we've, inter- he and I have interacted many times o- over the years and he's helped me with things or he always kind of gives me those fact checks when I would come in, he'd be like, so you getting ready for this or so how's that going? And you know, if I give him like that puzzled look, he knows I'm right. not, I'm not on the ball yet with that. And he kind of has to uh, give me a little school me on something, you know, like, or he waits for what my response is. And he's like, mm, yeah, that's good. You know, or it sounds good. <laughs> or, you know, you're on the ball or whatever. So, I mean, now we don't really have those conversations anymore. Cause now it's more like, we all know that we're all like oh, on yeah. the same page, but in the beginning years, he was always quizzing me, you know, to see if I was ready for whatever the aeration or leaves or whatever. You oh, know? Yeah. Like, what? I don't know about aeration. He's like, Oh, you gotta do aeration, you know? And all that kind of stuff so he's been great so he did oh, yeah. the same thing for you yeah i remember god i had first uh it was the first year ever attempted uh, lawn and landscaping was i was 20 years old i walked into there because i saw there was a toro dealer right up the street from my house which is terry's who is the sister store of kanabi and bruce was behind the counter there and growing up i always liked toro mowers like toro and x-bar mowers a lot because in northern virginia you saw which is where i grew up at about everything you saw was like Toro X marker Skag. Right. So seeing Toro there, I walked in. I wanted to take a look at them, see what they had. They had um, you know, steel, Echo, Shindawa, two-cycle stuff. And I was talking to Bruce about, you know, what kind of mowers they had, what I was looking for, what should I start out with. And he also gave me the pricing on things. And I was like, oh, my God, these damn things are expensive as hell. <laughs> and basically his experience, he was very, you know, very honest, but very polite at the same time. Right. And I think the first time I walked in there, I was actually trying to buy a weed eater. And I wanted to curve shaft weed eater. He goes, you don't want that. Because all I had when I had grown up were just cheap curve shaft weed eaters that my dad bought from Walmart or Sears. So he's like, you don't want that. He gave me a, showed me an Echo SRM 225, a straight shaft weed eater. Yeah. And I love that thing. That was great. And so I started talking to him and he kind of gave me the straight and narrow of what was good, what was bad. Yeah. What he recommended. How recommend. many years ago was that? That was almost 
eight and a half years ago. Now. Okay. That was 2012. I was going to say, because yeah. you, you, you are extremely knowledgeable, extremely skilled with a lot of things that I, I mean, anything that, that I've uh, seen you do for me, with me, and, and obviously hearing conversations and the, the large companies that you worked for right. and now work for and all that. So, I mean, I'm like, man, you know, like listening to, listening <laughs> to you say that you were like using a curved shaft and then oh, like, what I, are you doing with that? Put that oh, away. It just I, boggles my mind because well, you're like, so on the ball now it's like how far have oh have my come god in eight, eight years so. i mean i remember I'm glad it wasn't like four years i mean that, that still would have been crazy but i would oh, be yeah. mind-blowing <laughs> i remember being a 17 18 year old kid in high school my senior year and having an old dodge dakota pickup truck which is what i was driving and in the bed of that thing on the weekends to cut grasses through a snapper push mower mm-hmm. a weed eater brand weed eater and like a <laughs> Hus- no, it was a Husqvarna. No, it was Craftsman. It's a Craftsman, like hand Oh, Craftsman, yeah. And that's all I really had when I was in high school, just cutting, you know, a handful of yards. yards yeah. yeah, just cutting a handful of yards on the yeah. week on Saturdays. Right. And you, you know, you come home with a couple hundred bucks, yeah. which for a high school student yeah. is great. Yeah. But I remember being that guy and having very little knowledge of equipment, very little knowledge of the business of, exactly, yeah. and then. Through trial and error and trying different things and just doing massive amounts of, of obsessive research, right? Did I get to where I'm at today and just willing to listen to people and learn and then yeah. try different things? And another thing too is I'm the king of overthinking everything. <laughs> so if I try one thing or try something else, I'm like, oh, I got I, I got to try this, but then I got to try this, or I got to give this a shot. Yeah. And so through the processes, you go through all this different stuff. You try different processes. Right. You try different equipment. And you learn a lot along the way, but you learn what you like, what you don't like, what works and what doesn't work. Right. So you get to the point where people are like, well, maybe we should try this. And you're like, hell no. That's I tried that before. That was stupid. Yeah. Because another thing you learned too, back from when I started eight years ago to where I'm at now you're going to make a lot of mistakes along the way. Right. I made a ton of mistakes right. to get to where I'm at, to get the knowledge where I'm at. But I'm kind of glad I went through those because you go, all right, I did this. I tried this. That didn't work. But then I found what worked and that's what got me. That's what you learned from. Right. So starting out this young guy who, you know, yeah, had curve shaft weeders who had nothing but homeowner grade push mowers in the back of a pickup truck. Right. To now, operating a couple of crews and having his own business running or talking to people about making tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment purchases right. about trying to get sales on certain jobs about trying to grow and develop a, a portfolio of properties right it, you learn a lot and it's just having an open mind trial and error and at the same time finding people within the industry and who are around you who have more experience than you learning from them they can be either be people who work at your outdoor power equipment dealer where you get your mowers from to people online and influencers like yourself to when I worked in the national company, there were guys in their sixties, late fifties, early sixties, who've been doing this for 30 plus years right? and just talking with them and their experiences because they've seen this industry from its infancy to where it's at today. Right. And they've done so much in the meantime that you learn everything from these guys. Right. And, it's just a wealth of knowledge out there that can help you grow in such a short amount of time. Right. Wow. Yeah. So that's, 
Well, so we, we kind of went backwards, you know, we, we try, trying to get everybody uh, really hyped up about this episode, to be perfectly honest, you know, because of all the different experience <laughs> and the different things that you've done. And, you know, you you, uh, you were just working at a big national company. Yes. Um, and, you know, we went all the way back to when we stumbled upon each other, you know, um, in, in one of my lawns <laughs> uh, from YouTube and all that. And then talking about Bruce and Kanabi and, and using curved shaft trimmers and all, all of this craziness. So let's let's let, let's just start. Let's, let's start, go back to the yeah. Let's yeah, go yeah. back to the beginning. Yeah, let's let, let's start breaking it back down here now. So let's let, let's fast forward to um, uh, and and also in between all that, I forgot to mention you also worked for a, a local nursery landscape supplier. In the I, midst I worked of that for. Uh, for well, no, no, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that, okay. but, but that's correct. Correct. Yes, I <laughs> yes, did. Right. I, I worked for a nursery for a couple of months. Right. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll get that yes. in the timeline. And I also <laughs> went to college. Right. You went to college too. So you're you're a busy guy. <laughs> Yeah, how old are you now? Um, twenty nine. Twenty nine. So, well, you're 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 living a fast life, my friend. You are learning a lot of things. Yes, and I'm I'm hoping I'm trying to get this all out of the way by the time I get married and have a family. Because <laughs> there you go. At so that you can point, settle down. You, exactly. You yeah. can slow down a little bit. You can't right. make those mistakes anymore. Right. You got to be on top of your game. True. So, uh, so, so moving on. So you, so, you know, you passed, you got past the curve trimmer, curve shaft trimmer and all that, yes. you know, you started like, Hey, I'm going to do this solo. I'm going to have a business. Yes. And, you know, you acquired all these accounts. Like how, what, what, what did that kind of process look like? Um, I basically kind of copied the same thing I did in high school was I would base, I would make a just flyers and pass them around the neighborhoods that were around me mm-hmm. in high school. I just did it in my own neighborhood because there was a few hundred homes there. Right. But me knowing that I wanted to build up, I wanted to start small and just grow from there. So I went around the neighborhoods that I just knew existed and I made a couple thousand flyers and started putting them in people's mailboxes. I started reviewing, okay, what equipment would I need to grow and develop this business? What would work best for me? What I sought fit. So I started doing a lot of research, looking at equipment and mowers and I went with what I felt was most comfortable. I, I tried different things, but I went with Xmark. I bought a 48-inch, uh, brand new 48-inch turf tracer hydro walk behind, which mm-hmm. I still have to this day. Nice. Yeah, can't, it, can't kill those things. It, it's I call the Xmark turf tracer. If you know anything about firearms, there's a gun called there's a rifle called the AK-47. Yes. That you can drag through the mud. That you right. can beat up. That yeah. anybody can figure out. It's the AK-47 of lawnmowers. Of lawnmowers. I mean, gotcha. you can you, you can find some with six to eight thousand hours on it. Wow. Yeah. They're still going. So, well, why are we looking for a Toro? Why are we looking up T bars? Because, um, well, was this I was before you found this was tracer? before. Oh, I was kind of just looking at different things, different types of mowers yes. to begin with for walk behind, trying to just get yeah. a feel for everything. Yeah, because I didn't know. I mean. I was looking on these pages online of all the different equipments and right. then of course they're all going to sound great. <laughs> oh, I looked yeah. at them and go, what is the difference between yeah. a belt drive and a hydro drive? Right, right. What is the difference between a fixed and floating deck? Yes. Why are standards now like standards weren't a thing when I was growing yeah. up and now they were blowing up. Yeah. Riders. Why do riders cost an arm and a leg? Right. And what would be best for the size of product? All these deck sizes, 32 inches, 36 inches, right. 48s, 40s, 52, 52 yeah. 60s, 72s. Right. Um, the type, like you look at a line of push mowers for Christ's sake, so there's six or seven different <laughs> right. types of push mowers. You're right. Like, God. Yeah. But so I was looking at them, and Toro, I had known also, in addition to the T bars, had made really solid push mowers. mowers. Yeah. In Northern Virginia, you would see these smaller residential neighborhoods where guys would pull up in Ford Rangers or Toyota Tacomas and they'd have two or three Toro commercial 21s in them, mm-hmm. unload them and just start cutting these houses. Right. So 
Toro kind of had that reputation for me for virtually indestructible push mowers. Okay. So, and still do. I've right. bought a few over the years and they're phenomenal pieces of equipment. Right. So I was also looking at those in addition to the T-bars. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of went looking at Xmark because I remember Xmark was the big commercial brand and kind of looking at the turf tracers and the fact that they were hydro drive. And I actually got to manage to try one out. And it just kind of felt natural to me. It felt more of what I wanted. Well, it's kind of funny. Actually, when I walked into the dealer, which is in Richmond, and I'm not going to mention their name because they've rubbed me the wrong way far too many times. <laughs> gotcha. and I regret giving them my business in the first place. <laughs> but I actually went in there originally bar, wanting to buy a Toro Hydro Drive with a split T-bar because they had those in stock oh, too. okay. But when I walked in, there was a delivery truck with two brand new 60 inch and two brand new 48 inch turf tracers on the truck Yeah, being delivered to a customer. And I thought, well, if I want to grow my business, I know that's the equipment I want to use. So I walked in and I was talking to the guy, uh, the sales guy at the time. And I said, you know what? Is the turf tracer actually cheaper? He goes, yeah. And and we discussed the pros and cons. And I said, Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm just going to go with that. Gotcha. And, and you haven't looked back ever since. No, yeah. that's, yeah, I swear by them. Yeah. Um, so you just started growing your business and like, yes. just, just, you know, like probably word of mouth just started to set in a lot, right? Once you started getting a bunch under your belt and flyers and, or were you just still constantly putting flyers out every, every year? So the first year was actually kind of a struggle. Um, and it did just some personal problems. I had a lot of customer turnover mm-hmm. through just, uh, again, natural attrition. Some people right. were like, you know what? I can just do it myself. <laughs> Gosh, people moved yeah. away. Right. And, but after a while, because I was showing up to people's properties and through word of mouth, I ended up my first year with about 20 or 25 customers that year. So it okay. wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't a bad start. And I kind of realized the mistakes I made and realized that I just didn't have my name out in enough neighborhoods and enough properties. So I just kept passing out flyers and trying different neighborhoods, especially actually close to where you operate because right. I was going to a community college at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there's a lot all around exactly. that. Exactly. Yep. So I saw those neighborhoods and started putting flyers out there. And the next year I started out the year with 35 customers nice. because in addition to people calling me, word of mouth got around and right. I think, like, I ended- Hey, just contact Kevin. Exactly. Yeah. Just call Kevin. He, yeah. you know, he does a great job and yeah. he does good work. Contact him. And that, that was the first year I really officially went full-time. Because you, you had enough work to exactly. keep you busy for the week, yeah. And I think that was, it was one of my favorite years of operating my business. It was exciting, probably, it, right? It You're was like, ex- man, I, I'm really going, yes. get, getting after it. It was exciting. It was sustainable. It was consistent. I had a pretty good flow to it. Yeah. Um, I kind of knew every day my each customer was going to get taken care of. I knew how to operate. I knew how to get ahead of my schedule, too. And I built that into my system so that if I wanted to take extra days off, I could. And it just, right. it worked really well that that first year of me being full-time. And I didn't have an overabundance of equipment. I had exactly everything I needed. It was, I was very content at the time, um, right. especially for, I think I was, what, 22 years old. And for a 22-year-old kid who's going to college full-time and doing all that, life was great. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I mean that's that's uh yeah I, I right around the time that 
you stopped me in the lawns, you know, we were talking about, you know, just, just stuff and YouTube or whatever, you know, like I started seeing you, like you said, in some of the same neighborhoods and we'd see each other yes. waves. Hey, how's it going? All that. So, but you know, a lot of these backstories, I, I still, to this day, I feel like I, I might not have known, you know, I mean, we've talked right. a lot and, you know, at, at some point, so I'm just going to skip for a second, but, you know, probably definitely after the landscape supply nursery that you worked for, you, you, you eventually, um, you saw that I was hiring yes. and you're like, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll work, I'll work for you part-time if you're hiring. So that, that was an awesome experience. You know, you that were was fun. helping me out for a few months there and we were having a good time yeah. making some YouTube videos, yeah. cutting some grass, you know, and, uh, and, got caught a couple of hurricanes running yeah, back to the trucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, telling some stories about how some, some random neighbor's dog eating my lunch in the truck yes, and yes. stuff. That was and, a harsh. Yeah. yeah. We worked together for, I think it was two months. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to learn kind of how, what you were doing in addition right. to giving you a hand. And I thought, well, why not Let's yeah. give it a shot? And I appreciate it. I appreciated it and still do appreciate that, you know, that time. And, you know, I was obviously sad to see you go because, because you are so good and efficient because you were doing this, you know, still even working for me part-time, it was like, what, like one or two days a week or something you're available yes. in addition to what you were doing for your, for your own business. Yes. And uh, so I was definitely appreciative, but, but I think that's the key that hopefully everyone's starting to pick up on now that's listening is that you're all about learning, you know, like exactly. you, you want to constantly learn. So, you know, while, while, while you knew who I was and everything, and we, we had built up a rapport over the years and just, you know, from, from you watching me on YouTube as well. Um, and, and you probably wanted to work for me or with me for that reason, but you also wanted to learn some stuff. So it's all about learning. Exactly. So this was just like, that's another opportunity to learn a different perspective. And, you know, ho hopefully I did show you something here or there, you, or you whatever. not necessarily like the skill work of it. Cause you had that down pat trim and so, engine mowing. I mean, that's once you got it, you got it. Yes. But I mean, hopefully there's maybe some more philosophy things or business. Things you that simplified a lot. That was what I liked about it was I, like you said, you like to really think I things overthink through. Overthink like nobody's things. business. I overthink decisions I also, but I guess maybe like to your point, there's oh. things I, I really like to streamline stuff. And oh, yeah. I mean, I... Efficient as possible. I mean, I make things either really complicated or I, <laughs> I go overkill. Like yeah. I remember one year I was starting my business and I was going up and getting quotes for equipment. I, I quoted a fleet of about $40,000 worth of equipment of mowers. Wow. And I'm like, if I don't get this, I'm not going to be successful. Oh. Now I look back on that and I go, God, I was stupid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was glad, like, that glad was, you didn't do that. Right? I'm glad I didn't do that at the yeah. time because right. that would have just been a waste of money and I didn't have the funds at the time. Right. But that I had mentalities like that where my mentality was, well, if I don't do this and I'm going to fail. Right. And it would be to these massive extremes of either growing my business or funding my business or getting acquisitions for it mm -hmm. that I look back on and go, you know what? It, I didn't need to do that to be successful. I didn't need to go through all that. Right. I should have thought things through a little bit better. And when I worked for you, you simplified everything because they were like, Oh, he has this rig that works really well for what I yeah, need it for. Exactly. Yeah. And he has this route that looks great and it's efficient and it's got good quality. What the hell am I doing trying to overcomplicate a simple something so simple right and i think it's a lot of that in that industry where we try to make things way more complicated we than want they to need reinvent to the wheel and all this it, kind of stuff exactly yeah. and, and i saw a lot of it working in the corporate world mm -hmm. i see a lot of it working in the small business side is we try so hard to make things so complicated mm -hmm. but in reality is it's such 
every we're all doing the same thing. We're all <laughs> right. cutting grass. Right, exactly. And at the same time, you don't have to copy what somebody else is doing. Right. Because well, that was another thing that I kept thinking about too is well, so and so's doing this, so I gotta do the same thing. No, you don't. You right. why don't you try to work what's best for you, what you feel comfortable with, what makes you happy. And just go with that. As long as it works for you, that's great. Don't try to get validation or do something that made somebody else successful. Right. Do what works for you. I uh, That's a great point. I also think to that point, you can go the opposite extreme other end of that and you could, you know, overcomplicate things because you want to be too unique because you don't want to be anything like that guy. Exactly. And, and you think you need to be 100% different and you just you just end up literally reinventing the wheel and it's just cutting grass. Like you said, at the end of the day, it's, it's just you, cutting you grass. don't have to I read, mean, you know, if that just talking about that one basic service, like, you know, you don't have to overcomplicate it just just to be different, you know, exactly. so there's different ways to look at it for sure. It's like you don't have to copy them to be successful, but you also don't have to be a completely different than them either. Yes. Try and find a, a sweet spot, a blend, you know, for, for exactly. you. Like that back to your point. What works for you? I mean, take things away from people like, oh, that's a nice setup, or oh, I didn't know about that mower. Let me check out this or yeah. that. And you know, what's this ramp rack or what's that trailer? <laughs> or, uh, enclosed trailer, open trailer. Okay, I can see pros and cons. You know, like yeah. take all that yeah. in, you know, but but don't yeah. don't you don't have to necessarily copy and paste everything. Yeah. And you don't have to reinvent it either. And for me, it was also being, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not the youngest, but I'm also not the oldest person in this industry. Right. But just being young and not having the confidence to make a final decision on certain things as well. Right. With experience and with going through, especially working in the commercial side of things, working the residential side of things, the things you are exposed to, the different things you try, the different experiences helps build that up. So you have this portfolio of experience in your back of your mind. Then you go, oh, you know what? That worked this time. Or this I know is what's best for how I operate. And you just go with that. Right. You don't. It, it's all about building up that experience and getting that perspective and figuring out and having kind of those aha moments where you go, oh, wow, that did work. Oh, wow. This is what I do feel comfortable with. Or I know this is what's best for me. Right. And this is what I've seen is best in this industry. So a lot of it was kind of going back to working with you and trying to learn was I only had my experience working in my boots. I didn't have any experience working with somebody else. I didn't have experience. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anybody in the industry to kind of point me in the right direction. Right. And that was two years ago. And now this is two years later, having worked for a national firm right? where you've got guys who have been doing this for years, you have a wealth of knowledge and you have a wealth of experience that you're exposed to when you learn from these guys and just even things you won't even think about. And you get, you know, in terms of equipment, you get to try all kinds of fancy toys. Right. You get exposed. You, you are shown what makes this industry so great. You're exposed to different personality types. You get some management experience and leadership experience. So it, it all just comes with a simple word I keep saying is experience. Yeah. And you build that up and you keep learning. Right. For sure. And so, and so during a lot of this process, you were going to college at yes. our, one of our local colleges here. And what, what were you going to college for? Business? I was, yes. I majored in business administration with a concentration in entrepreneurship and minored in history. Nice. Graduated. Yeah. Graduated a little over uh, two years ago, right before we started working together. Okay. So I was doing, I was working full time. Go to school for yourself. For, yes, for going myself. to school full time. 
And like for a few months, I was working for the nursery. I was going to say, and then so so somewhere in there, you you decided yes. to work for a nursery for what? For more learning experiences? Um, that you told money. Me? It was. I started in the winter, and I wasn't really doing that much in the winter in terms yeah. of work. So a couple of days a week, I was just making a few extra bucks for beer. Yeah. <laughs> what 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 do you normally do? Speaking of that, because you know we're us local Virginians here, you know that that obviously it's different for every climate. But uh, what what do you do around here for the winter for yourself? I mean, not 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 talking about the national companies. That's a whole other level. But yes, for us residential folks, you know what 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 do you do? Well, since I went to the transitioning to both working for myself and working for the companies. I've mainly just focused on the companies for right now, just to have me a little bit of downtime because mm-hmm. between March through the beginning of middle of December, I'm going 100%. Right. Working all the time, either working the weekends, nights and weekends, just going all the time. So right. during the winter, I usually kind of take a step back, just collect my paycheck from the company I work right. for. Right. And just slow it down a little bit. I do sometimes do a little bit of mulch, a little bit of uh, winter pruning, occasional cleanups, but usually this is my time of year where I rest. Um, I usually try to, before the whole COVID situation, I was trying to take this time of year to take a little bit of vacation, use whatever vacation time I had to go visit family, take time off to work on myself. Right. But now, well, I, do, I am. I got most of next week off right yeah, now. Yeah, so, so I am doing a little, a little more to... challenging now. But right, yeah, but, but but ultimately, mostly just rest. Yeah, and and I I think that's a common. I mean, myself included, that's a common theme for for when we're solo. But when I started hiring employees and all the guys that have employees, it, it, it you kind of have to think differently now because exactly. it's like the guys might want to rest, but they have bills to pay. So it's like we can create a winter savings fund for ourselves. It's our business. However, we want to do whatever we can. tuck a percentage away every month or every week or whatever it is you do throughout the the main season when you're having revenue come in so that you have that cushion. Right. If you don't have another, you know, active income coming in over the winter, that's fine, but that doesn't help your employees. That's for your own stuff. So it's like, okay, so what, you know, what do you do to keep your employees busy, to keep them working, to generate revenue so you can pay them? That's where I think that's, that's the elusive, you know, question there. And there's a lot of local big companies with lots of employees that I ask that question constantly and everyone has their own various answers. So I was just curious from another, another solo guy's perspective. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was mostly, just kind of taking some downtime to rest because yeah. and it also goes back to when I was in college. You know, you usually have three to four weeks off that time of year anyway. Right. So right. what I want to do, I want to go see my friends. I want right. to relax. I didn't want to do anything because right. you're, again, you're going 110% throughout the rest of the year to take some downtime off right now. Right now in terms of what we do with the companies, most of what we do usually, in, I mean, obviously November is kind of the last busy month, so mm-hmm. to speak around mm-hmm. here. December is when you start getting into the last little bit of leaf removal. Mm. You start getting Final ready. cleanup type stuff. Yes. Yeah. You start getting ready. For, you know, if there's any snow, you make sure you get prepared for snow. Mm-hmm. That does happen because you have to send trucks out. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't get much, customers got to be cleaned. Yeah. Customers get worried about the ice. So you right. want to put down ice melt, salt. Right. And obviously cutbacks. We start cutting back grasses, cutting back liriope, uh, dormant pruning. Mm-hmm. This kind of the last bit of quote of what we call putting jobs to bed, which means everything's taken care of, so we can start the next year where the job is just a hundred percent, so that we can hit the ground running. Get the last bit of cutbacks in January, and by the end of January, we're beginning with mulch, which okay. mulch is a 
big deal in commercial yeah. landscaping. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal anywhere, honestly. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, it's a bigger deal for commercial oh, because yes. you have a lot of mulch to do. There's just, just more yeah. cubic yards. Yeah, let's, let's put 10,000 yards of mulch down in two months. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. We yeah. got, we got uh, 14 crews got to put down 10,000 yards of mulch by the end of uh, March. Oh, well, uh, let's try to get out of this situation sober. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And, that, and that, that's that's where you see, I think it was last year, I saw another a large company in our area that was... Um, they were in the dark and they were they were yes. putting mulch in one of the um one of the HOA like entrance areas um out by by one of the um schools over here but they they and I'm like oh my gosh man they're just like really hustling you know yes. this guy they got the headlights of the of the the vehicles shining on there positioned properly yes. and the guys running around wheelbarrows just dumping and it wasn't really tedious where you know like doing so you can get away with some of that stuff or a lot of that stuff on a commercial property but you know you're on Susie's yard in the dark oh, putting yeah. down mulch she's like wait are you even like how can you see you got flashlight and then she's checking in the morning like oh, yes. you missed a spot or did you trample on my plants or you know that's so commercial you can kind of get away with some yes. of those things so they're obviously they were on the same grind just trying oh. to hustle it out before the you know we, the season was up for mulch and they were firing up the mowers we had an account manager call his guys in at four o'clock in the morning to start mulching a property before the cars got there and they worked till i want to say for this is for about a couple days straight they worked until 6 six thirty at night so 4 a.m till 6 30 at night and you have to remember this is in february so there's not that much daylight out mm-hmm. and they would do it just to get the work done just to get in there and make sure all that mulch is down because the mulching process, especially in commercial landscaping, is so much just a short amount of time. Right. That you have to make sure you're prepared for it and that you're getting as much as you can get you're as efficient as you can. And everything not that everything goes right, but that you're staying on top of everything because there's going to be hiccups along the way. Right. But you can't have major setbacks because once you get into the growing season, last week of March, beginning of April, it's hard to go back and do all that. Right. I've seen it where companies will try April being a mulch and mow season. Yeah, that's no. Oh, good. that's no good. I've been no. there, done that as a solo guy, and it's torture. So yeah, now it's I hell. start adopt. I've started to adopt a lot of the commercial land lawn and landscape right. thinking. So like, I start mulching in February, so I can get it. Make sure oh, 100 yes. that I'm done before the grass starts growing in March, and I can just cleanly transition. You know, all my equipment, my trucks, trail, whatever it is, complete transition, and then I'm just mow, mow, blow, and go. You know, exactly. obviously trimming and edging, but you know the saying so and then i could just focus on that and i have to worry about oh now we got to grab wheelbarrows and this and that and stay as efficient as possible so, right but i want i want to take a, a short break and when we get back okay. i want to keep diving into um why you went to work for commercial you know lawn and landscape and still continue to work solo and just kind of wrap our heads around that whole situation <laughs> as soon as we get back Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the Ramp Rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1,500 to 3,500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. 
The Ramp Rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. You're going to love this. The Ramp and Dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to therampwrack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. That's therampwrack.com, and, of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the Ramp Rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. This week's five-star rating review comes from Yee Yee Parks. I'm hoping I pronounced that right. But they titled a great podcast. Naylor, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. These first three episodes are amazing. Keep up the great work. Love hearing Mr. Producer behind your work as well. Well, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to leave this rating and review. Again, every week I take a moment of gratitude to share another rating and review. So if you haven't done so already, please go on Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and review. It makes a big difference for the show. This is the LCR Media Podcast. Once again, here's your host, Naylor Taliaferro. All right. Well, we're back with Kevin, who has a plethora of experience in this industry <laughs> in a short amount of time. He has done, he's been all over the place. He's consistently had his own solo uh, lawn and landscape business with his own clients, you know, 50 to 80 clients, you know, it's fluctuated, went to college um, and worked at various companies throughout that whole time, including worked for me for a few months part-time. So um, now we're at the point of the story where I really want to kind of dig in more into his most recent endeavors with corporate lawn and landscape. Yes. Uh, he, he, you, you just recently left, um, a large national company who will remain nameless and, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll uh, grant that anonymity. Uh, but so, and, and to work for a smaller company, but still commercial, still yes. a large, but it's a local company, not Correct. a national company. Um, well, why'd you do that? First of all, why I leave the previous yes, company Correct. basically. So my goal with the previous company that I was working for was I wanted to essentially grow and develop with that company for life. and wanted to be a company I started out as a bottom, as a foreman, worked all the way up to an account manager, then from an account manager to a branch manager, then possibly even to a regional manager. Because there were people in that company that made those steps. Even um, one of the key corporate leaders started out as a crewman, as a laborer. Mm. And that was one of the key corporate people in the company. Right. I mean, the founder of our company was still one of our key figureheads there. Right. And I thought, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Well, and that was also one thing that was promised to me when I went on with this company. Yeah. Was the ability to grow and develop and be an employee for life with them. Well, I had put it in for an account manager position once and I didn't get it and it fell through. And because of that, I just said, well, let me see what else is out there. So I had two what we call production manager positions I interviewed for. Mm-hmm. Um, one was with a company that wanted me to go work up in Northern Virginia. And for those of you who don't know what a production manager is and an account manager, mm-hmm. well, a production manager is essentially somebody who, let's say there's three crews, right. three to five crews, and they need someone to manage those three to five crews. Okay. The hiring of the crews, the discipline of the crews, making sure they have the right equipment, setting up the routes, making sure the work gets done. Things like that. 
Okay. The account manager is the one who deals with the customers. Oh, got yes. for those crews. Gotcha. Yes. Basically, all the HOAs and all the properties and stuff like that. Pretty much. The account yeah. manager's job is to, for the most part. Customer service, dealing cust- with issues. Yeah. Customer service, what we call enhancement sales, which mm. are additional sales on oh, top okay. of the maintenance contract. So some selling. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and some companies, like the company I previously worked for, they do operate the crews too. Um, it, that's not necessarily the most efficient process because you do because you're dealing with customer service management mm-hmm. and personnel management, which right. are, in my view, two, two very separate exactly yeah. and right. should stay two separate things. Right. Uh, only in a smaller company is it possible for one person right to manage both. But I had interviewed because I had management leadership experience and got offers for two production manager positions with these other firms right the first one was a transfer to northern virginia mm-hmm. which i want to go to another one was locally as a production manager mm-hmm. supervising multiple crews running the routes making sure the work got done quality control right but at the time my my girlfriend at the time had worked for that company oh uh, yes gotcha before and she had mentioned, look, you don't want to go to that company. I work for them. It's n- I didn't like it that much, but you should stick to where you're at and kind of grow and develop with them. Mm-hmm. So me being, you know, <laughs> listening to her and her w- wisdom, right. I decided to do that. And, uh, well, needless to say, we're not together anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, I haven't heard much good about that company either. Right. And... But at the same time, uh, my regional manager of the company I was working for yeah, um, messaged me one day and says, I want to meet with you in my office. I said, yes, sir. And he said, uh, hey, I know you had put in for that position. And he was one of the people who interviewed me, that mm-hmm. account manager position right? a few months ago. Did we ever follow up with you on that? And I said, uh, kind of, not really, but yeah. a little bit. And he said, all right, well. We're going to see what we need to do to help you move up in this company. Okay. And so he brought in my boss, who was an account manager, my branch manager, and we met and talked, talked about training, what the path I wanted to take, Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do, and the steps I would take. And a few things, including training with my boss and finding my replacement to take my position so I couldn't move up because mm-hmm. that was one of the requirements to find a replacement. Oh, okay. Well, unfortunately, none of that ever fell through. Hey, guys, make sure you tune in on Thursday for part two of this episode with Kevin where we continue the conversation that we just kept going down rabbit hole after rabbit hole. We were just so pumped talking about his experiences, my experience, the industry as a whole, his growth, my growth, just a lot of great content, a lot of great value there. We split up into two episodes because we just talked about so much. So definitely tune in for Thursday's episode where we continue the conversation uh, with Kevin and his experiences with all the different companies that he's worked for, as well as himself. I just wanted to take a moment to thank today's show sponsor, The Ramp Rack. I personally have used The Ramp Rack for one whole season. It's been a game changer for my business. If you're looking to level up your lawn maintenance business, mowing crews, instead of pulling a trailer through all these tight neighborhoods, you can be super efficient 
time saving, just going from yard to yard, neighborhood to neighborhood without pulling a trailer, everything on your truck, utilizing the ramp rack. I've got a few different videos on my YouTube channel, LCR Lawn Care Rookie. You can check those out. Also, the ramp rack does a phenomenal job on their on their website, giving all kinds of information, pictures. You can reach out to them with questions. Go ahead and check out the Ramp Rack if you are looking to level up your lawn maintenance business like I did. All of their information and links are in the show notes. Mr. Producer here, and if you're enjoying Naylor's podcast, I recommend you head on over to his YouTube channel at LCR and see what else he's doing for the community and become a part of the LCR Media Network. Just click join next to the subscribe button and you'll have instant access to exclusive training videos, a private Facebook group to network with other members, and live streams with Naylor. You'll get access to every YouTube video before anybody else does, and you can even schedule Zoom one-on-one video calls with the Lawn Care Rookie and talk about anything you may need help with in your business, like best types of equipment, going part-time to full-time, how to get the best route density, finding your ideal clients, finding employees, or just anything else you need help with. Again, all of this exclusive access is for LCR Media Network members only. Just click join next to the subscribe button on the LCR YouTube channel and be a rookie for life. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.